We closed last week with this statement of when life seems dark and things are not the way that they ought to be, whether it's a broken family, broken relationships, broken friendships, divorce, abuse, addiction, death, suffering, your own struggle with your own sins, or maybe others have sinned against you, just remember that what is this life compared to the gift we have of life everlasting that Christ Jesus so graciously earned for us when he was an innocent man. God put on flesh and he paid your sin debt that you could not. And Jesus Christ has earned our victory. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome it is what we closed with last week. This morning, as we continue in our series of John, witness is one of our key words that we're going to be addressing. What are we witnesses of and why? We are witnesses of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. That why is what we're going to address this morning. Why we are witnesses of Christ Jesus. So our passage this morning, if you please turn your Bibles, is in John chapter 1. And we're going to be starting in verse 6 as we continue to dig deep into this rich gospel account. And so while you turn there in your Bibles, I'm going to give you some background information of John, of this gospel. Daryl John, he stated that although we do not know with certainty, John likely wrote his gospel from the city of Ephesus and did so sometime before 70 A.D., When the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. For as he says in 5 verse 2. There is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. The implication being the the temple is still standing when he writes. John is writing to those who want to know who Jesus of Nazareth is. As stated in 1221. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So the Greeks on Palm Sunday are expressing the longings of those to whom John writes. They likely had some knowledge of him, but they're wanting more. So John gives them and us more on who this Jesus of Nazareth really is. This is an understatement if there ever was one. Although, as as John says, he has... He has not written everything he could have because if he had written everything he could on Jesus Christ, it's stated in John chapter 21 verse 25 where John stated about if he wrote down everything. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books which were written. This is why we have these gospel accounts and they point on what is really important. So the book, therefore, of John... It's all about Jesus, your Sunday school answer, Jesus. Or more accurately, it's all about Jesus revealing who he is. Revealing who he is for the world and for every person, all of us here this morning, and every person in the world. Remember, Jesus is the living word. He's the living logos. In the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with God. And so now our scripture... Our first few verses that we're going to cover are verses 6 to 8, if you want to read along with me in your Bibles. So, John chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 state, There was a man sent from God, 
whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, I want to make a statement here that this John is not the John who wrote this gospel. This is talking about John the Baptist, the one in the wilderness that would say, prepare for the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The kingdom of God is at hand. So there's a diff- this is a different John. And so this verse that we just read, it rings true for the Christian today. And it should make us alert. It should make us eager. It should make us on fire to want to share the good news, the gospel with others. And I'm not talking about Bible thumping people and smacking people in the face with scripture or saying that they aren't holy or that they're sinners and yelling at them and saying that they're nothing and acting like we have it all together and acting like we are holier than thou. But what is some of the best ways to display Christ to other people is to love them. It's to love them. No matter who they are, no matter what their their financial background is, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what gender they are, whatever they are, we are to love people. Now, how do we do that? If you remember anything from Philippians, we serve others and we have humility. We have humility, meaning we count others more important than ourselves. And that's why it's hard to be a Christian. Because life's not about yourself. Matter of fact, life is about dying to yourself. And so when you love people, when you serve them, when you have humility, of course, you know, you want to you tell them the truth with, with gentleness. But your actions will mean more than your words, whether it's, it's giving to someone, helping them out with their needs, serving, or just simply being someone that listens to someone else without judgment, without harshness. Just being there for somebody. Praying for someone. And I think that also, don't complicate it. It could simply be just giving someone your time. Unselfishness and kindness can go a long way. We also must be full of grace that Christ gives us daily. I mean, we just prayed the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer. We say... Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. You understand the severity of that statement? You're telling God, give me the grace that I give to other people. That's a pretty bold statement. We must have grace due to the grace that God gives us. While also, the tough thing is, You're walking that line of also balancing truth. You're balancing the truth of what we ought to be as found in His Word. We are to be holy as He is holy. But I've come to find out with a lot of, you know, if you're sharing the Word with somebody or you're trying to point somebody to Christ, just be different. Be radical. Love them. Be kind to them. And people will be kind of shocked. Why are you serving me? Why are you? Because of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the motivator. That's the motivator. And if they have certain sin in their life by proclaiming them the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done over time, they will, by conviction of the Holy Spirit, figure out what is true and what is not, what is sinful and what is not. 
And hopefully there would be conviction. And so just like John the Baptist, we ought to want to see all people we come into contact with believe in Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Will this be the case? Will everyone believe? Unfortunately not. No. But that's not our job. We're not God. We don't make people believe. But we are to remain faithful. We're to remain faithful to planting seeds of the gospel. We are to remain faithful due to how faithful that Jesus Christ is to us daily. We sin every day. Whether it's thoughts, whether it's actions, we sin every day. Yet Jesus is so faithful that he has still earned your salvation. You are still forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is faithful to us daily with the love that that he poured out for us on the cross. And the grace he gives to us that we need every day, hour, minute, and second. We are to be faithful witnesses. But like John, we must understand that we ourselves are not the true light. No, we're, we're not the light. But we are witnesses of the light. And that light will work and shine through you. But you yourself are not the source of the light. Does that make sense? The reason John wrote this about John the Baptist was to communicate that John the Baptist was not the Messiah as some unfortunately thought. John the Baptist was not the light, but he was a witness of it. And John the Baptist even said about Jesus in chapter 3, verse 20 of John, he said, talking about Jesus, that he must become greater and I become less. But we'll hit on that at some other time in this series. And so I love what the enduring word commentary that, that Morris stated about what it means for us today to be a witness. The matter of witness is a serious thing, establishing truth and giving ground for faith. Yet, witness, it does more. It commits a man. If I take my stand in the witness box and testify that such and such is the truth of the matter, I am no longer neutral. You have committed myself. You've committed yourself. And John lets us know that there are those like John the Baptist who have committed themselves by their witness to Christ. So we are to be committed to Christ. And we're going to look at why in just a little bit. Now I want to read with you verses 9 through 11 of John chapter 1, which state, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. His own people. Ouch. His own people, the Jews, they did not receive Christ. But no matter what they taught about him, and how much they tried to make him seem that he was not what he was, Jesus Christ was the true light, as stated in John 9, verse 5, which John stated, or Jesus stated, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And in John 12, 46, Jesus stated, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. 
meaning may not remain in sin. Jesus is the true light. And remember that last week the people either go after the light to free them from their darkness, to free them from their sins, to be free of being a slave to sin and instead being a slave to Christ. Because isn't that so much better? Or, unfortunately, they will indulge in their darkness and try to run away from or cover up or put out the light. Why do you think the Pharisees were so quick to kill Jesus? They wanted him dead. Jesus gives light to all, as stated in verse 9, because he is the light. But that does not mean all will believe in him. That does not mean that all will turn from sins and repent. That does not mean that all will be born again, sadly. Many instead choose their sin or themselves over their Creator. They love their life and they, be, and, and they become a children of, of wickedness. They, they love their life compared to living solely for eternal life. And Jesus stated in uh, verse 25, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Actually, had a different chapter here mentioned, but I, for some reason it's not there. We must be in, in constant denial of self. We must be daily. And instead of asking for, and excuse me, I'm going to restart that. We must be in constant denial of self every day. And instead, we need to be asking for more of God's will to be done in our lives compared to wanting what we want to happen. Asking for His grace to transform us to be repentant. And to ask Him to help us to have victory over sins. Granted that you're not going to be perfect. You're not. This is a sanctification issue. So when you mess up with sin, remember it's a sanctification issue which we're going to be continually wrestling with all of our lives, reaching after Christ, to be more like Christ, which will be perfected when we're given our resurrected bodies. There will be no more sin. But until then, to live as Christ, until then we seek Christ, and He is waiting. Knock on the door, and He will be there. When seeking Christ in relationship with Him, you will find yourself you will find yourself starting to change. You will find yourself growing in grace. You will find yourself growing in love. You will find yourself growing in the truth which is found in the Word of God. You will find yourself praying more. You will find yourself digging into Scripture and going after the treasures that are in it. You will find yourself wanting more fellowship with other believers and to point others to Jesus serving in loving all people. So praise God that our salvation is all weighing and dependent on Christ Jesus. Because if it was in our hands, oh man, how dead, hopeless, and full of darkness we would be if our salvation was based upon the way that we are. Praise Lord Jesus. So now we're going to look back at our question from earlier Why should we be committed witnesses to Christ? Why? So let's read verses 12 to 15. Verse 12 states, 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, so remember, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so no matter the way you feel or think, no matter the way that the Pharisees felt or thought, the truth is, is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He is Lord and Savior. Praise God because we need our Savior every day. Why do we need our Savior every day? In verses 12 and 13, it is clear that we are saved and become children of God, not because of what we've done, but only because of what Christ has done for us. You can rest and rejoice in that every single day. I love what David Guzik says when he clarifies here this truth of freedom of will and God's sovereignty. Charles Spurgeon, he, he stated, The idea of receiving Jesus is biblically valid. We need to embrace and receive him unto ourselves. As many as received him is just another to say those who believe in his name. Faith is described as receiving Jesus, trusting in Jesus. It is the empty cup placed under the flowing stream. The penniless hand held out for heavenly alms. Guzik then goes on to add that John reminds us of the nature of the birth. Those who received him and believed are born of God. You are born again. But not of human effort, not of human achievement. If you disagree with this statement, I want to ask you, reread verse 13 with me. It says... Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We are born again only due to what Christ has done for us. And the Holy Spirit, God, transforms the heart. So if you even believe, if you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, praise God, praise Him. Praise Him, because so many reject that truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He gave you a heart of flesh based not off your own strength, but based off His love for you. The Lord draws us, but we can so easily and sadly harden our hearts to His love. Charles Spurgeon states This new birth, being born again, this new birth is something that brings change to the life. Radical change. The man is like a watch which has a a new mainspring, not a mere face and hands repaired, but new inward machinery which freshly or with freshly adjusted works which act to a different time and tune. And whereas he went wrong before, now he goes right because he is right within. So if you believe in the gospel, we must be praying continually for God to create in us a clean heart to work 
on the heart. Because from what flows out of the mouth comes from the heart. Change happens in the heart. So pray. Beg Him to transform your heart. Beg Him to transform your desires. To align with His will for your life. And in verse 14, now John stated in the word, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This would have scared the Jews. Why? Because remember that Jesus is the Logos. He is the word. And they rejected that Jesus was God. But John is confirming that God put on flesh and became a man, that being Jesus Christ. He was human, but also fully God. And this was massive to the Greeks. It was massive to the Greeks. Why? Guzik stated, to ancient people, gods such as Zeus and Hermes, were they were just simply supermen. They were not equal to the order and reason of the word, the Logos. John told the Greek thinkers, the Logos you know made and ordered the universe actually became flesh. God put on flesh. And this was also massive to the Jews because they had a hard time accepting that the great God, Yahweh, revealed in the Old Testament could take on human form. John told the Jewish thinkers, the word of God became flesh. Even Augustine stated that in his pre-Christian days, he said that he had read and studied the great pagan philosophers and had read many things, but he had never read that the word, the Logos, became flesh. He dwelt among us. David Guzik said the idea behind this phrase, dwelt among us, more literally, dwelt as in a tent among us. So from the sense and the context John connected the coming of Jesus to humanity with God's coming to and living with Israel in the tent of the tabernacle. It could be stated instead of dwelt among us as he tabernacled among us. The tabernacle was many things that Jesus is among his people. What are those things? The center of Israel's camp, the center, the place where the law of Moses was preserved the dwelling place of God, the place of revelation, the place where sacrifices were made, the sinner, the center, I keep sounding like I'm saying sinner, the center of Israel's worship. Charles Spurgeon stated, if God has come to dwell among men by the word made flesh, let us pitch our tents around this central tabernacle, that being Jesus Christ. Do not Let us live as if God were not long and way off. John then proclaims they beheld Jesus' glory, meaning that Jesus Christ is Lord. So back to our question of why we are to be committed witnesses. Why? Because of who Jesus Christ is. The true light. He's Lord wrapped in flesh and Savior. Why do we need a Savior? The answer is simple. We're dead in our sins. God is holy. This does not describe who he is, but that God is holy, completely holy. 
as stated by R.C. Sproul. So until you realize the weight of your sins, your total depravity, and how dead you are in your sins, and that you can't save yourself, the gospel will not have much of a priority to you. The gospel will not have much of a pleasing aroma to you that, oh my goodness, I am saved by the grace of God. But what's he giving you grace for? Hmm? Think about that. He atoned for your sins. And for those who know they need saving and you're so tired of your sin, you're so tired of why can't I stop sinning? Why can't I stop thinking horrible thoughts? Why am I so not patient or impatient? Why am I so easy to anger? Why am I so quick to gossip? Why am I such a sinner? Well, I got good news for you. That being the good news of Jesus Christ. That Christ died out of love, sacrificial love for you. He alone paid your sin debt. He alone earned your salvation and brought you from death to life everlasting. And relationship with Him now for eternity. If that doesn't cause you to rejoice, I don't know what will. Praise Him that He saved you and brought you from death to life. Pray to Him to transform your heart and mind. He is alive. He resurrected. He is resurrected. Three days later, rose again. And Jesus revealed Himself to us through His Word and other believers that have planted seeds of the Gospel to you. Think of the people that planted the seed to you, whether it's your parents or a friend or whoever. Praise God for that person who planted seed to you. And so to close, I know we're running short on time. To close, we're going to read verses 15 to 18, which state, John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said... He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the father's side. He has made him known. So you want to know the true living King of Kings, Lord of Lords? You want to know the true God? Believe. Believe in Jesus Christ, the living Word. Believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. Believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, who, our Savior who, who rose again after bearing our sins and being slain for those sins of the world to display His glory and Lordship. Knock on the door for Christ. His love and grace are waiting for you. Just believe. Have faith. Ask and He will redeem you. Thomas Adams stated, It is the office of faith to believe what we do not see. And it shall be the reward of faith to see what we do believe. Believe in Christ Jesus. Repent of your sins. Pick up your cross and follow Him daily. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, there may be people here this morning who are pondering trusting in you, who are pondering faith in you. I pray they would not harden their hearts, but instead would have faith and believe in you as Lord and Savior. Lord, change our desires and our hearts to be after your heart. We thank you that even though while we are sinners, that Jesus, that you paid it all, that you are alive. It's by grace we have been saved and we can rejoice because of that as brothers and sisters in Christ, keeping our eyes on you every day. And we ask for your will to be done, not our will, but your will. Help us to trust, help us to rest and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.